check, check. David T. Miller, folks. Loading artist. Audio inside. Loading artist. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's hotcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back. Oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Hey, and welcome to Otcast. Be sure to check out the artist's websites or otcast.com and check out the work and links. All right, let's get started. Words of the day. History. Ritual. Open. Magic and portrait. This episode's guest is Barbara Lobby. In the conversation, you'll hear personal accounts and connections between the artist and her work, the surprising and not-so-surprising places the work derives from, as well as a list of artists whose studios she would like to visit. This interview also features a few questions submitted by previous guest Bridget Watson, and more. Welcome, Barbara Lobby, to Oddcast. Yeah, here we are, and you know, I really, I really want to thank you for making the time. It's nice thank to have. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, I think I ran ran into your work first on Instagram. I think it was, or maybe it was Facebook. I can't remember, but um, you know, I found out you have a show coming up, so I definitely wanted to have you on. And yeah, perfect timing. Yeah, perfect. It's always good. Well, I was curious. Like, uh, I know you had mentioned to me, but I was just curious for the listeners. Like, where are you coming to us from? Like where's your studio? Oh, located? I'm in I'm in Riverdale, the Bronx. Okay. I ne- I never thought I'd end up in the Bronx, uh, yeah. but my ex husband is from there, and um, uh, it's a secret area of the Bronx, which is beautiful. It's wooded, and um, I have this amazing view of the Palisades and the Hudson River. Yeah. And my studio is in my apartment, always has been. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I need to live with the work. Yeah. Know? So the that, the view is really creeps into the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been, I mostly lived in the city when I was 18. I came to New York um, from Seattle, Washington. Oh, wow. Um, long time ago and fell in, you know, on trips. Um, my father was a airline pilot. So 
we would travel a lot yeah. when I was young and they'd take us out of school. And at that, that time, the teachers were cool with it because it was a great education. We went all over the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, my father would take us up into the hills, you know, and talk with the, you know, the real people. And then it, places weren't developed like they are now. Um, so one of the few of the trips, we just went to New York and just, it was like, oh my God, you know, seeing people with portfolios, like oh. there are artists here. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, growing up in the suburbs, it was like, you know, I, nothing other than the great outdoors, you know? Yeah. How do you think that affected your work? Because I mean, I feel like your work's very like, sort of nature or you know like there's a secret a secret language and some at times to me and like is that something you gathered as a as a young artist or traveler my when i was young um well the first remembrances of just picking up a crayon and just being able like oh i know how to do this you know just being able to just Um, connect with that and when I wasn't drawing or painting I was outside um, you know in the woods Um, at that time you know they'd just say get out and (laughs) and don't come back till it's dark yeah and um, building teepees and just really into all this lore you know and this I still am a real romantic as far as all that and the light and yeah, I try to capture that. Um, just the, yeah, nature. <laughs> just kind of the invisible energy of it all. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I was curious, like you, you mentioned the, the crayon as one tool that you were using. And it almost feels like with your work now, it seems there there's a, the, the tool almost disappears like it's like an extension of your hand like it seems that because of the way that you make work to me you know and oh I'm, that's lovely oh yeah, i love like, that they're they're like i don't know to me i just i'm i appreciate being able to respond to the work so and i feel like the work are almost like the tools themselves like brush on brush and like paint on palette or paint on paint uh, like I feel like in some way you could pick up one of your totems and actually paint with it, like to apply paint to another one, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love so anyway, that. that was just a f- fun thing to come across. Well, that's my goal, and that's what always amazed me um, when I first saw works that just blew me away when I was young, you know, um, where – the material just becomes something else, you know? Yeah. And that's my goal to always like transcend the materials to be like, Oh my God, what is that? And how, you know? Yeah. <laughs> One of the first thing I, that popped into my head when I looked at your work was, well, f- you know, preparation for this was like, it seems like what, like I just scratched my head. said, what is it like to put paint on something that has so much life already? You know, like add that, that extra film on it, you know, and it's just like they marry so well. I I guess 10 years ago where I just started really piling it on really, really thick. And so that the, and I was working large at the time. 
So I'd be moving the canvases that weighed a million pounds uh-huh. and they'd be waving from the canvas. So I thought I need to, and I wanted to start scraping off and make that part of the process, you know, because it seemed like the paint became a way of kind of covering up mistakes or sins yeah. or, you know, like, like let's reveal now. Um, so I thought, oh, I need to work on panels so that I can um, scrape. And now I think, hmm, not working on canvas when letting the scraper poke holes and you yeah. know that would be another another way of um which has been done it's all been done but you know just yeah. always stay trying to stay open to whatever it is you know cool. to anything i've been doing this for a little while now on the podcast and i, I invite a previous guest to come up with some questions for the next interview and you know i i try to pick artists that might uh have a good conversation you know virtually so to speak like through through the the questions on my page here that you know and this one the uh, mystery questions yeah 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 they're uh well this was bridget watson and oh, like i said i love her work yeah okay so you know she's been on before and so anyway it, we we started a message back and forth and, you know, I said, oh, you know, if you got two questions, that'd be great. You know, bite size, you know, easy to, you know, deliver and all that. Um, so then we ended up messaging afterwards and we were talking about your work, uh, you know, beyond those two questions. So so in a way, I feel like this episode is like a co- collaboration between her and I. So anyway, the first question that she that she sort of like brought up the word rituals and just wondering oh. if you have any studio rituals or like at the start of the oh. day or the end of the day. This is such a great question. <laughs> oh my God! No, I mean, I mean, just I heard the word rituals, and that's that's always been um, a huge draw for me. Like, again, I keep going back to my childhood, but it's like to be an artist is like you know you want to go back. I want to go back and capture that whole thing, but uh, always being. Um, drawn to um the rituals of the church you know not the dogma or anything but that but um so it's really ingrained in me yeah this kind of um so easy to to say because it's so me um that in that like everything that is in my studio in my home is what i am interested in what I need and they all have a big significance. Like just this morning, I, I w- I'm getting ready for Jen, the gallery directors to come over again and, and finalize what's going to be in the show. So I was like straightening things and then looking at my work table and I picked up. Um, so the new work is starting already. Cause I picked up a little piece of Palo Santo I don't know if that's how you say it. It's like sure. um, you burn it. It smells wonderful. It's kind of oh, like yeah. sage, but not as. And it's a way of cleansing the air. So I did that ritual before this, you know, oh, cool. cleansing the, you know, any kind of negativity or fear or anything and, you know, wave it around. And I mean, I've always done that kind of thing. I 
drink a holy water from that I got in a CC, you know, I mean, all these things that it's uh, magical, but then to be an artist is magical. You have to believe in, yeah, in the unseen. Um, And I, I know that it, it works because the work is always ahead of me. It's almost like, the energy behind it is everything. It's everything, you know, yeah. whatever. I, if I'm bored and doing something, the work is going to show that. It's going to be like, eh, you know, so I get moving. I dance or something. And that's the main thing that I want my work to be. I want to tra- to be able to transmit. I want her. I'm interested in people's response. Yeah. What they feel. Do you think at some point the, well, of course it might be for the individual, but like the viewer finishes the work, like at a show or. Sure. They, each person is going to see it differently and have different experiences. Um, And I've had that experience where someone has (laughs) called my work violent or something. And I'm like, whoa. Um, But we're all, we all have the same feelings and people are going to bring their, their perception. And, um, I can't really control. I think maybe I think I'm doing something, but other, other stuff comes out and just to be able to accept that, whether it's dark or light or just, it's all about, you know, accepting what, um, comes out and then editing if necessary, you know, but it it yeah it's about trusting trusting the process trusting what's inside of me to come out do you think of portraits at all when when you're making work yeah it's, um even though it looks very much like an influenced by the environment um things that are on my mind like family is always in there it's whatever is um whatever i'm going through it it just comes out and i i have i can paint like super realistic i've done a lot of portraits and um people at times i used to hate it but they would say oh is that a photograph or something but i mean that was a long time ago um but my work is it's very much about my family situation and and self-portrait. Self-portraits? Yeah, it's all self-portrait, really. Okay. I, I don't have I don't have these distinctions, you know. Yeah. It's like later the painting, I'll I'll look at it and I'll go, oh, that's what that's about. <laughs> you know, it teaches me yeah. what it's what. There's um, something about a lot of the totems that I saw, and of course they're not always two pieces like wood panels together, like whether it's vertical or even horizontal and i didn't know uh if it's if you can articulate like what what leads you to to attach the panels like that i almost see maybe like f- figurative because of that like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. torso and legs or yeah that started the uh panels started or the totem started a few years ago um i had been putting well I've always been um 
interested in oh the paradoxical the 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 contrast you know like what's complex is simple and and marrying those two things together um a few years ago i well it was like i was when i decided i needed to start scraping off all of this paint and i had a lot of failed paintings you know like we all you know tons of rectangles all over the place (laughs) and large work and there was always a an area or so that was working really nicely and was like, oh, you know, and we go to make it, fix everything else and it's gone, it's ruined. So I, um, I got a jigsaw (laughs) and started cutting up all these large, uh, failed paintings and, well, sometimes I would just cut out the area that was working yeah. and that would become a painting. That's how it started, right? And then I reached a point where I just made a grid pattern of squares or rectangles and went down down these big panels and you know, so I've still got bins and bins of tiny rectangles cut up that I lay on the floor and I just live with and look at, and then it talks to me and I wait for, um, you know, like, Oh, an integrated kind of thing. And so it still is, I think just when I think I'm running out of panels or like, ah, no, this idea is not, you know, onto something else. I'm still, it's still calling to me and I'm still, um, I just did a lot of, more spare kind of, um, you know, not so, um, Baroque and all that, that I don't know. So, um, and, and cutting up, um, in when my grandchildren, um, I were, uh, they were adopted when they were 14 months and I stayed with them for a couple of years, lived there during I'm going off on a tangent here. I don't know if I should. But, oh, it explains. Okay, let me just cut to the chase. When I was watching them and being, you know, they're lovely, um, of course, the grandmother talking. But it brought me back to my childhood. You know, you can't help but think of when you were little. And so I would paint in their garage. And I started going revisiting old family photos and painting from them so i have a lot and i had a show but there is a lot that aren't they're sentimental and they're expressive but not good so i've been paint cutting them up on canvas like ripping them so there are like parts of my father's head, but they're uh-huh. abstract, you know, yeah. and it's been quite satisfying. <laughs> and then covering the edges with gold leaf um, as a way of kind of like, oh, sorry, dad, or <laughs> 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 a way of bringing it. I love illuminated manuscripts. Um, 
the feeling that comes through. And, and, yeah. and again, whether it's people or landscape or there's no such thing as abstraction. You know, it's all who, who said that there's no, nothing more abstract than reality or we're, we're very abstract people. This other question is um, Bridget had uh, submitted, and she was one. She had a comment saying that your work seems tactile, and I see pictures of you holding them in your hands as though touching them provides comfort. And she's wondering if you ever considered making three-dimensional objects. I have. Um, wow, this she's really perceptive because on right on my coffee table right here, I have a um, traveling prayer box. Yeah. that my daughter gave me years ago from India, you know, those brightly colored um, that the mystics would carry with them. And these, also like these Christian little um, boxes that, um, you know, that you see um, as a form of contemplation. And I've, I don't think three-dimensionally, and when I started doing these little totems, and I marvel at the way this um, Indian uh, prayer box is made, because it's made with just notches. And but I can't—I'm not a carpenter, and that's yeah. why the totems are wonky. And you know, but I've made that work for me. But I—I I wish I could. I love Ann Truitt's work, or you know, the totem poles and. Um, from the Northwest. Um, yeah, unless there's some huge shift at this point, I'm not going to be doing yeah. three-dimensional work. Yeah. I'm always amazed that, um, like, wherever I sit, I have to be, wherever I go, it's like the optimum view, what I'm interested in. And then it always amazes me that it moves to, so, like, video art that kind of thing it's like yeah but that that just is too complicated i can't <laughs> too complicated i can't help but bring up your color uh generally speaking or uh, overall um and like i i just this morning i was looking at your work again and because of the the feel of like the palette i can imagine like I, I feel like I want to call you a colorist, like in, in your own, like in your own way. Um, how, how does that sound coming, coming from <laughs> a comment? That sounds like a, a great compliment. Um, I'm always drawn to my palette. Um, the palette is usually the, the palette is my inspiration also. And I've actually cut up my palette at times, um, and used it as paintings. Um, yeah. Yeah, color is very important. Um, Rothko's work, you know, just, yeah, I love color and the light. Even someone like Whistler, who, you know, the beautiful grays, and that's a, he's an amazing colorist. Yeah. Now, I also wanted to know is like, is your palette organized or unorganized or untraditional? Like, as far as even how you set it up? I've always, since, since you know, training, like white, light yellow, you know, in a, 
in a formation that way. Um, I don't mix colors before I put them on the on the canvas or whatever. Um, I go with it's more of an intuitive accidental of um, being surprised at oh look at how that color blend went into that like like in a de Kooning kind of way you know like that oh, you know not to sound like but you know he's a great idol of mine was um it's also very much influenced like now it's like all i can see is like a light pearly blue you know because of the the what's coming through the windows so it's it's very influenced but i don't know i might in response like if I do a yellow painting, then a lot of times, oh, I need to do purple. It it becomes the opposite of that, you know. Yeah, that's cool. So here's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> Not to limit anything, of course, but can you use three to five words to describe your work? Yes, that was an easy one for me. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> oh yeah, that was like. <laughs> now I have to find them because I don't remember what they were. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I got all these other things. Oh, three words: presence, energy, and I had light, and then I I thought, oh, illuminate. Oh, cool. I know a work is a painting's working when this is going to sound simplistic, but when there's a light coming off of it. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll sit in the near dark and if if they're holding their own, like those two paintings behind you, they're really holding their own there. And they're like this big, you know? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So that's what I mean by like a presence and a, there's a light coming off of it. Yeah. It's it's not the actual light through the window, but... Uh, in, like a no, speaking light and in, in some way. Yeah. It's a presence when it becomes other than it's not just this flat thing on a wall. It's, yeah. So if you don't mind, I have a couple of words. Um, sincere. And you mentioned magic earlier. So I was, I was thinking about jumping to this question, but I waited, but um, I have intentional magic which I think you were saying, letting things happen a little bit more, but I, I feel like even Bridget was kind of saying a similar thing, but the magic is, you know, the magic. <laughs> and also the, the history involved in them. It's like you're, you're part of the history delivery service, and that's a little, a little geeky, but anyway. <laughs> it's... I like that. I like all that the history like i'm finding that it's a it's all circular you know from the past it's like the same themes yeah the same and the you know because it's the same person the same mark it's like my painting teacher his wife was an opera singer and um he said once that she was saying but that's that's not that doesn't sound right and he goes well of course it it is because it's your voice you know it's it's you 
it's like the same mark, the same. Yeah. What else did you say? Um, oh, the magic, intentional. Oh, intentional magic. Yeah, sincere. Yeah, I can't help but be sincere. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, unfortunately, you know, <laughs> like just stuff comes out. <laughs> um, <laughs> to me, like partially, like this idea of like an offering, like I just, I really think like they're a, a prayer almost like a spell or you know not not to get too <laughs> whatever wherever that's exactly going, but, no um, um yeah i mean i went to an ashram for like 30 years and um just the you know meditating and prayer and and just yeah that's really deep in me um and these latest ones where i i they're like one inch big these little tiny ones yeah. um like you could put them in your pocket, oh, you know, cool. or you could put it next to your heart, you know, in your, um, no, art, art is healing. We, we, we go for whatever is going to heal really, you know, and I, I'm just so, I feel so blessed and fortunate that I had art, art saved my life, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and not to honor that is, um, you know, it, it, it's a gift that will, um, can turn on you, you know? Um, so my point now is to like, think of it as it's a, an offering and to participate in the art world where I used to just shrink from that, you know, yeah. but now it's like to think of it, it, it is an offering. And it's a prayer, and it's a form of healing. It heals me, and if the work is working, I think other people respond to that, and it can heal. No, I really believe in that. I've been healed by other, you know, when I first saw um, Malevich, I was just like, oh, oh, I, I don't know what this is, but it was like you can feel it coming off. Fra Angelico's work, oh, my gosh, you know. I was curious, like, which figure from history or present day would you like to have a conversation with, and what would you like to talk to them about? That's the one that just, like, my mind just exploded because I was like, not one person. I want to get all these. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're all guys, but, you know, whatever. That's, you know, um, all of them together. Piero della Francesca. Yeah. And Fra Angelico for their, like, I imagine them to be um, just very, very quiet, like, emanating this piece, you know. And I, so I'd like them in the corner of the room having a conversation. Pollock and Van Gogh, they could be very crazy over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, and Piero della Francesca. I just read that he, in his, um, you know, the marble balustrade that he would paint, like that would surround the Madonna, he would fling paint at the mar to make it look trompe l'oeil marble. So him and Pollock talking, right? I mean, that yeah, would right. be incredible. Who else? Velasquez, uh, Michelangelo, oh, and Mirandi. Um and it's not that I couldn't think of anything to ask them because it's like, it's not 
words to me, but I would love to see them work. Yeah. And just be a just just be there. It's like absorbing absorbing their knowledge by seeing how they work. I mean, like Michelangelo, you can't imagine. I know. Um, oh, that's going off onto Bill Jensen's story of being right up next to the ceiling oh. of the Sistine. And he said, I, I ran into him at a gallery, and he, he's just the most generous person. He said he was able, they let him go up there. He was able to touch it, and it was like a baby's butt. But it from up close, it looked like a Franz Klein. Oh, and it wow. was only until you go back that yeah. the whole thing locks together. I mean, yeah, that's magic, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you have a quote you would like to share. I do. Okay. I, I paint to have something to look at. And I can't remember who said it. Yeah. It's always helped me so much. I, maybe Barnett Newman. Um, but every time if I go through a fallow period or doubt or something, and then I start working again, it's like, oh, yeah, this is why I work. Just <laughs> it's like it gives me meaning. That, so that was, And then I have another, you know, it's like I paint to have something to look at. Um, and to offset that, a quote by Einstein the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. And he wrote that, you know, during, you know, with the bomb and all that. Yeah. So, um, and we see where that's gotten us. I also have some other quotes that have stuck with me. If you want to hear Sure. My painting teacher was Joke Sanders, and um, he was um, a brilliant, amazing guy. Um, and he used to say, "Be careful what you have, what you look at, because it will always come into your work." And um, always, he was I'm sorry, I missed that part. Be be careful what you look at. That's what he used to say. Yeah. And I, it will always come out in your work. Yeah. And he lived below de Kooning. They were good buddies. And we're going back along. You know, I'm old. Um, and he lived underneath de Kooning for a while. And it used to drive him nuts because all night, all day, he could just hear him walking back and forth oh. from the canvas. And once he bumped into him in the street and de Kooning had just bought some tissues and he said to me he was he was buying tissues he was he was buying that for the environment you know that would become his background <laughs> um oh and jake berto said to me the hand knows better than the mind yeah goodness i know that gets in my way a lot <laughs> right the mind yeah and he, he pointed to a painting of mine that was just kind of, I, I was doing portraits of the time of, of my grandchildren and um, loose, but 
and then I had this little one next to a, a, another one of um, my grandson on a swing, and it, it was just some drops that had fallen on the canvas, and it was just beautiful, and he pointed to that. So that was a turning point for me, Yeah, you know? And last but not least, the thinking, looking, and making question. Listen in. It's wondering what you spend the most time doing, looking, making, or thinking. Looking. Yeah. I go through big spurts of um, painting, painting, working, working um, every day for a long time. And then I reach a point and, well, I'm always looking because my studio is right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I live, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of time looking it, and it to understand it. And sometimes it takes months or years, you know, sometimes it's, it's an instant thing where, you know, oh yeah. Thanks to Barbara Lobby for being on the show. Check out Barbara's solo exhibition, Morning Has Broken, with the reception on Saturday, March 5th, 2022, from 2 to 5 p.m. at Gold Scopophilia in Montclair, New Jersey. More info, goldmontclair.com. The show runs February 12th through March 20th, 2022. And many thanks to Bridget Watson for questions for Barbara. Cheers. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? I'm getting nowhere with this, forget it. Hotcast Home is A-H-T-T-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again. Sounds like the party's over, but you can still stay connected. Otcast Audio is on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, and now on Google Podcasts. Otcast Social on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Let's not forget about Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>